Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up, everybody? Welcome. It's another edition of Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy here back in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. First off, big shout out and mahalo to Mark Veneri for holding it down yesterday. Uh, I was over at the uh, 7th Annual Motivate Foundation Golf Tournament at Oahu Country Club. And uh, interesting because we're going to dive right into the deep end uh, because that, of course, is the foundation uh, that is led by Marcus Mariota, now a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Before we move on real quick, Quick, let me introduce the co-host for the day, uh, Billy Hull of the Honolulu Star Advertisers in the house. How's it, Billy? Good, man. How you doing? Doing okay. Yesterday was a lot of fun, and uh, you know what's a lot of fun is uh, we get a chance to uh, open the show by talking with Mr. Mariota himself. He joins us via the Aloha Kia hotline. A lot going on uh, in this man's life. He is uh, a new dad. Uh, he is back home just for a couple of weeks before having to go back to his new team, the Philadelphia Eagles. He's going to be one of the focus and subjects of this upcoming Netflix docu-series called Quarter back where it's going to go through uh, basically last season uh, from the perspective of three selected quarterbacks, Marcus Mariota, Patrick Mahomes, and Kirk Cousins. So without further ado, we welcome Marcus to the show. Marcus, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Thank you, Kanoa. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for making the time. As mentioned, uh, you're a busy dude, and yesterday was one of those days uh, where you dedicated uh, your time to this golf tournament. Now in its seventh iteration, uh, it is a way for Motivate Foundation to gather further support. And, um, you know, these kinds of things have meant a lot to you, and you have put a lot of effort into it. What is a day like yesterday where, yeah, and it's a lot of fun and golf and all that kind of stuff, but, uh, you know, you still have to to do a lot of handshaking and picture taking and all that kind of stuff. What does a day like that for you represent? Oh, uh, it's first and foremost, it's unbelievable. The amount of support uh, that our foundation motivate has received. And um, it's really cool, especially to do it back here, back home in Hawaii. And um, just the complete utter support that the community has um, just shows just the character of, of the, the islands and, you know, everyone talks about the law of spirit, but like really the support to allow Motivate to be able to pursue its vision, um, you know, it's, it's truly remarkable. And yesterday is just a, a fun day, but also, like you said, it's an opportunity for us to raise the funds that uh, our foundation uses to be able to make a difference in the communities. And um, with that being said, it was, it was just a lot of fun with a lot of great people. And um, I think Kanoa had a couple good holes in him too, which was always <laughs> always fun <laughs> and always a surprise. That's for sure. Uh, uh, there's there's one hole that features uh, you, Marcus. Uh, that's uh, the the par four uh, or par three fourth hole, uh, where you uh, take part in uh, hitting a tee shot with every group. How are you hitting them yesterday? Oh man, I was okay. I was okay. It was really windy, you know. And it's funny. Every- <laughs> Everybody with golf, right? You, you create excuses wherever oh, yeah. you can, but <laughs> we, we, uh, it was fun though. I mean, um, you know, I play with with each group that comes through, and um, there were there were a lot more birdies than there were pars, which was pretty impressive for uh, for that hole. 
Yeah, no, that's, that is pretty impressive, and you're right. When it comes to excuses, uh, I am an artist. Like, it could be, oh, it's too windy. It's not windy enough. Oh, it's too rainy. It's too sunny. You name it, it's an excuse for my golf game, that's for sure. We're talking with Marcus Mariota joining us via the Aloha Kia hotline. Uh, just to kind of get through some of the other things in your life here before we talk a little bit more straight on about football, uh, this was your first time coming back home uh, for this golf tournament as a daddy, uh, you have uh, young, beautiful Makaya who was uh, there uh, at the course yesterday, and everyone had a chance to meet her. Uh, how's daddy life treating you? It, it's awesome, man. It is. It's really special. Um, she's the star of the show, <laughs> and um, <laughs> she really, for my wife and I, she's she's made it really easy. Um, we do our best not to share that because um, you know we don't want to jinx anything. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's a great sleeper. She. Um, She'll go to anybody. Um, you know, she she puts a smile on her face all the time, and uh, it's just a lot of fun to be a dad. It, it's just great perspective. She's a big girl too. I mean, like uh, you know, some she's some dense. of yeah. the I, I guess one, but. yeah, yeah, that's right. There's there's some tall peeps and and some some you know larger peeps that are in in the family line, right? No doubt, no doubt. She got those jeans. <laughs> well, that's awesome. What's up, Marcus? I wanted to ask you about this. Uh, Netflix documentary series because I've always been interested. You know, I've watched like there's the full swing golf one and I watch these all the times and I always want to know how much time did the camera crew spend with you in order to make this and what exactly was that like? Because I imagine it's got to be a little weird being followed around all day long by cameras. Yeah, you said it best. It was it was definitely different for me. Um, it, it really comes down to like they, they mic'd us up for every game. Uh, you're mic'd up once a week in practice. Um, and then usually once a week or once every couple of weeks, uh, you're doing an interview or, you know, they're, they're at your house. Uh, they're kind of going through your process. You're watching film, you're working out. Um, so they, yeah, they became, <laughs> became a part of our family really for the last year or so. And, um, for us, it was an opportunity for me to kind of share my story a little bit. Um, you know, they'll dive a little bit into Hawaii and, you know, being raised here, being born here, um, which will be which will be really cool, and I think it's a great perspective for people that don't understand Hawaii, that don't understand kind of how the Polynesian culture is and the island life, and um, to be able to share that really with the world um, was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. And um, all the mic, all the interviews, all the mic'd up scenes, you know, it is what it is. But I think for me, just to be able to share my story was was really cool and. I appreciate Netflix for giving me that opportunity. Yeah, Netflix always does a really good job at those, so I'm super excited to check it out. But, like, I'm just, like, curious. Like, do you ever – do you kind of let your guard down at some point, or are you always kind of, like, worried when you're mic'd up and all that are stuff? Are you trying to clean up the language? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah what, what's happening? <laughs> um, you know what's funny? They – so, it, yeah, it's, it's actually such a – it's actually a great story. So, the obviously, Netflix, you as – a, as a marketing team um, – my group will have to prove certain scenes and, um, you know, the Falcons, uh, will have to prove certain scenes. And, uh, through the first few episodes, um, I didn't, I didn't watch them. I honestly, I didn't, I haven't watched really any of them. I, uh, I don't like watching myself. So I, I had my wife do it and, and my marketing team. So my, uh, my marketing agent gives me a call and, um, he's like, you know, I think we have to uh, clean up your language a little bit <laughs> as we go through this. And I'm like, I don't even think about it, you know, in the, in the heat of the moment of games or, you know, while you're getting ready to go. 
Um, I guess my my language gets a little foul, so <laughs> I have to work on that. <laughs> oh, that is classic. That's that's great. Well, we're looking forward to it. Uh, I believe it uh, premieres on Netflix July twelfth. Uh, so definitely want to uh, check that out. And you know, I think it's interesting, right? The, the the three that were selected, and it sounds as though part of your motivation for agreeing to do it was uh, this 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 time that you felt comfortable in sharing your story and and giving a little bit further insight and to what it's like to be a quarterback in the the NFL and and every quarterback story in this documentary will be a little bit different, right? Um, now that you are a veteran, now that you have logged these these years as a professional quarterback, uh, is there any way you can reflect with us or share with us just kind of what it's like to be an NFL quarterback? How hard it is to be an NFL quarterback? Well, I think first and foremost. It, it's such a blessing, man. It's so much fun. It's it's a gift. You know, it's a dream come true, um, and and it is a process, right? I think everyone is going to face different adversities, different challenges through their careers, um, and that's what makes the game so unique. And you know, I think what Netflix is really allowing guys to do is kind of share their their story and share kind of their trial and tribulations and what they've gone through to get them to where they are today. Um, you know, I think obviously like for us, there's a routine that you build. Um, there's a little, there's a level of comfort with that. Um, and I think everybody's routine's a little different. And I think for Netflix to be able to dive into that and kind of see it, um, firsthand will be, will be really cool for the viewers. Um, but for me personally, like I, I always kind of view my career as it's kind of tailored to whatever, whatever God has in store for me. I, uh, I really believe that, you know, the challenges and things that each player will go through is, is tailor-made for them for a reason. Um, and it provides a platform. And, you know, hopefully with this platform, you can do some good with it. And, um, you know, it's such a benefit for what we have with Motivate. And, um, you know, to dive into that a little bit with Netflix would be pretty cool. Yeah, because, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't come easy and it often doesn't come easy but for you whether it be you know injury or you know so many coaching changes and and now here the last few years uh changing franchises um it, it sounds as though what you're talking about is is the way that you maintain perspective because i can imagine sometimes that must be difficult to deal with no doubt no doubt and i think for any athlete that mental side of it uh will take a toll and i you know i think the hot topic over the course of the last few years has been mental health. Um, mm -hmm. But I really believe that, you know, there's, there's got to be a support system. There's got to be a belief around you um, almost to like an, in, like an insanity where no matter what, good, bad, or ugly, you always believe that you're not only the best player on the field, but you're the best version of yourself day in and day out. And you know what? If things don't work out, things don't work out. But I think when you have that type of confidence and that type of belief, uh, more times than not, you know, things will work out the way that you want. And uh, like I said, sometimes it's got to be a little bit of insanity, but um, that's just part of the process and part of the journey. And um, I'll never trade anything that's gone on in my career for anything. I think it's just kind of, like I said, it's tailor-made for what's happened to me. And um, I'm looking forward to hopefully as long as I can take it to kind of see where this thing goes. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to think, man. Like it, you're coming on your ninth NFL season. I remember, <laughs> excuse me. I remember covering you in high school. That was 13 <laughs> years ago. Now that long when you won the state championship, um, it's been a, a crazy career. But just wondering now, I think when we found out as fans that you were going to sign with the Eagles, we all kind of like 
oh my God, what a perfect fit, Marcus's skill set with this offense. Um, just how, how how are you feeling? How excited are you to go play for uh, that organization this year? Very, very excited. And it, I'm very excited also to be a part of a great room. Um, Jalen's an awesome guy, and we got a couple young guys in Ian Book and Tanner McKee. And, um, it's fun for me. Like I'm, I'm the older guy in the room now. And, <laughs> you know, to be able to just share my experiences and, you know, hopefully make an impact and help Jalen on a week-to-week basis um, will be fun. And, you know, given if opportunity presents itself, I think this offense is, is one that I feel very comfortable with and very confident in. And um, just excited to kind of finally play in a system like this. Um, so for what it's worth, um, you know, I always try to be the best version of myself for the team and impact it in a way that's positive. And, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, it's a little far from home, but I, uh, I think it'll be fun to experience the East Coast and experience such a sports city like Philly. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that I've really appreciated about you too, Marcus, is, uh, you know, even uh, at your previous stop with the Falcons and they draft this young quarterback, you were talking about, yeah, I'm not here to, I mean, we're, we're all competing because it's professional sports, but I'm not here to isolate myself from the the progression of this young quarterback. I'm here to help him progress. I'm here to help the team as a whole. And it sounds like now uh, in this new situation, you're, you're applying that same kind of thinking and and I think that that's refreshing because oftentimes we hear stories about things that are a little more disjointed when it comes to the quarterback room that's something it seems like you've been focused on as far as just trying to be a good teammate no doubt no doubt and it's it's hard enough you know what I mean like uh you know I think and this is kind of my own personal opinion but to play the position of quarterback in the NFL I think is one of the hardest positions in sports um, and if you're com- combating with your group or your, your quarterback room isn't really on the same page, um, it makes it even that much more difficult. So um, kind of for me, I've been in that position. I've been a starter. Uh, I understand what it kind of takes week to week and whatever I can do to provide um, Jalen another level of confidence, another level of comfort, uh, comfort a level of comfort will we'll just make the, the entire team better and, uh, when it comes down to it, man, I just want to win. I just want to be able to be a part of a team that wins the whole thing, and um, it's pretty cool to be a part of an organization like this. Well, uh, certainly some some big expectations for this team coming off of its success last year, and uh, really excited to see you uh, be a part of it here going forward. And uh, great to see you yesterday, and, and thank you for making time, man. We know it's a busy stretch for you, and you don't have a, a whole lot of time back home, and so I really do appreciate you being generous with us and, and spending this segment with us. So uh, safe travels and uh, best of the family, and we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you guys again for having me. I'll, I'll see you guys soon. Appreciate All right, brother. Marcus Mariota, new uh, member of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's going to be uh, one of the uh, focused, featured quarterbacks on the docuseries Quarterback. That's the title on Netflix. July 12th is when it'll be available there. I believe it's eight episodes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, But really cool. And I think that was certainly what the uh, intention was for Netflix, right? They have Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. Those are three quarterbacks that you could say, uh, at least last season, were in different 
different tiers, if you will. I'm not talking about uh, quarterback skill or talent, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes is right now on top of the world. That was a Super Bowl championship campaign. Kirk Cousins is kind of wallowed in that area of, like, is he part of the elite quarterback group? Is he somewhere uh, more sort of in the middle of the road there? And Marcus Mariota, who was a guy who was trying to once again find his way to being a starting franchise quarterback uh, in the NFL. So it was interesting. You have three quarterback stories uh, that are different, even though there are three quarterbacks that are in the NFL. And uh, the perspective that Marcus shared, I think, uh, through that interview and just kind of what he has had to deal with and and how he has has remained grounded. uh, It's pretty remarkable stuff. I'll be honest. And and it's no secret. Marcus is, um, I think, everyone who has has come across him or is in his orbit, um, he's just one of the really special good guys he is um he it is it is not a front uh, it is not a facade he is the genuine article and uh, I, I think that that's something that uh, hopefully will come through in this netflix series as well yeah and, and netflix does such a good job with these documentaries but man it's just always been so tough with me because you talked about what a nice guy marcus is but i'm a husky and having to watch him go to oregon <laughs> in a duck uniform win the heisman trophy was always so difficult for me but uh yeah i'm really excited just to see the uh, the documentary series and i'm just i was glad i was able to ask him because I was always curious how much of that stuff do they film do they go back and approve and how like meticulous are they with with the way they shoot those things so uh yeah it sounds like sounds like he enjoyed it a little bit he enjoyed sharing his story and really looking forward to watching it yeah big thanks once again Marcus Mariota joining us via the Aloha Kia hotline see ya in a Kia um and yeah Eagles that offense uh you know as as a backup to Jalen Hurts uh there is something that just feels sort of comfortable and cozy potentially there yeah, and you don't, obviously, that's Jalen Hurts' team. They just went to the Super Bowl and everything. But, boy, you kind of hope. You don't want to wish any ill will, and you kind of want to see him run that offense a little bit. You know what I mean? See what he can do with that offense. Because, like you said, it's an offense that he really hasn't had a chance to run, and it fits his skill set perfectly. So, uh, well, let's yeah. also be honest. Uh, Jalen Hurts hasn't necessarily been a guy who is, like, every single week of every single season available, right? I mean, he even had to miss time last year for a spell. So um, there is a certain non-zero possibility that we are going to see Marcus Mariota uh, be called upon uh, at some point next season. So uh, something to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, and I wonder if he's practiced his uh, quarterback sneaks because, you know, in that offense, every single time it's <laughs> third and one, fourth and one. They're sneaking the ball at that quarterback, so I wonder if he's going to have to do uh, special drills as part, right. of the, uh, yeah, part of them. So <laughs> it'll be right. fun. I bet you it'll be fun to uh, also be a quarterback behind an O-line like that, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, no, really, really cool. And uh, that, that uh, golf tournament yesterday, the Motivate Foundation golf tournament, uh, was a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, a lot of St. Louis uh, Crusaders who were in the house uh, as well. So uh, kind of a good re- Union, I think, for Marcus uh, and Crusader Nation. All right, uh, big thanks to him again. We're going to take a break. Uh, Billy Hall, the Honolulu Star Advertiser, is in the house. We are going to uh, continue the show uh, right after this. But uh, first, if I may interject, you can beat the heat with Fujitsu Air Conditioning Systems. Fujitsu includes a special trifecta warranty that will have you saying, I love my Fujitsu. We'll be back. All right, welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxo Studios in Honolulu. Billy Hall of the Honolulu Star Advertiser is my special guest co-host for the day. That was a lot of fun talking with Marcus Mariota in that last segment. And, you know, we were kind of summarizing a little bit about what to expect with this Netflix series. And we were talking about Marcus and his fit with the Philadelphia Eagles. And we glossed over what was maybe the most 
impactful aspect of that interview, and that is that we came to the breaking conclusion uh, that Marcus Mariota, uh, one of the most wonderful human beings you will ever meet, uh, apparently curses like a sailor. <laughs> Netflix, <laughs> like Netflix, had to be asked by his team uh, to clean up some of the uh, some of the scenes because he was just uh, dropping bombs. I know we glossed over the most important news out of that interview. Marcus Mariota swears like a sailor. I can't believe it. I didn't. I thought it. I can't imagine it. I can't imagine him swearing all the time. I, mean, I know, I know. It makes no sense. I mean, because, I mean, I certainly always sound like this everywhere else in my private life. Like when I'm on the golf course or when I'm playing pickup basketball, my language and my diction always remains just like this. So it's surprising to right. me that we could hear, you know, the story of someone like Marcus Mariota who, um, you know, apparently when, you know, things get a little more competitive and he's he's not on camera, uh, we'll, uh, we'll drop a few uh, maybe uh, S-bombs or F-bombs. I don't know. Yeah, who knew? That's why this documentary series is going to be so fun to watch. But no, it was... Uh, Did you sense the sarcasm? and how I was uh, trying yes. to map that out. Because, yeah, I glossed over that, too. Because anyone that knows me, Billy, you know me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Netflix would have to clean that scene up, too, if yeah. that were the case. Um, no, that was a lot of fun. Thanks again to Marcus for doing that. Um, St. Louis Crusader Nation was looming large uh, yesterday at the golf tournament. And speaking of Crusader Nation, University of Hawaii got a pretty interesting commitment from receiver Titan Lackadin, uh, who is a St. Louis pass catcher who was 11 years old back in 2017 uh, when he was presented with a scholarship offer from then University of Hawaii head football coach Nick Rolovich. And so uh, he has made his intention known that he is going to join what is now a pretty impressive list of local recruits that have given their verbal commitment to the University of Hawaii for what is going to be the class of 2024, at least in most of these instances. And that is pretty big news when you consider the, the place that Hawaii is in right now as a program, right, um, with the stadium debacle and all of that and, and, you know, with the constant shifting of conference alignments across the country and questions as to, you know, which conferences Hawaii going to be uh, loyal to or they are they going to look to also make a jump? The conference that they're in may have a, a new look as soon as two years from now. Um, considering that, the fact that you have now this pretty impressive list in the last few weeks of, of players who have given their verbal commitment to the University of Hawaii. How significant is that, Billy? Oh, I think it's a really big deal. And I think, um, you know, when Timmy was hired, I think that was kind of the one of the big hopes was, was how was he going to do? Was he going to be able to kind of build a fence around the islands a little bit and keep some guys in? And then the, the, the impressive thing about this, too, is that this isn't like 15 years ago where it was hard for kids from Hawaii to get seen. All the big schools are recruiting here nowadays. I think there's about 30 kids that are going to be seniors next year that have at least one Division One offer. It's like the Arizonas, the Washington States, they seem to be on all these kids. So you're, you're fighting off, yeah. you know major power five conference schools for these kids and for them to have the impressive hall they had i think six i want to say six uh commitments in june uh they've had 
Um, and they're starting, you know, these aren't just like the, you know, last guys on the list kind of thing. They're just some really good players. You know, Titan's a really good player for St. Louis, really speedy, shifty. He's kind of that slot receiver guy. He's really good. And so I just, yeah, this is, I think is a big deal. And you have to be excited with what Timmy's doing, getting these guys to stay home. What would you theorize is maybe the, the selling point here? Um, you know, and, and, and credit to Mark Veneri. He had Titan on the show yesterday. And so he talked a little bit about, you know, just wanting to stay home and wanting to represent Hawaii. And I think Timmy himself being the head coach, at least according to some of what these players have said, uh, has certainly been a draw. If you were to theorize, though, like with some of the other available opportunities, why these guys are choosing Hawaii at this time, uh, what do you think you would apply? I really think it's the brotherhood. I really think it's just the swell of, like, you know, staying home. And, you know, I think there's a little bit, too, of this kind of us-against-the-world mentality, yeah. especially with the with the situation with the stadium and kind of all the problems you talked about that, that, that they're dealing with, that you can kind of get these kids to kind of buy into this underdog mentality. You know, a lot of these kids have been told that they, you know, working, aren't going to make it or whatever and stuff, and they've had to go through a lot of hardships to get where they are. And I think it's just this selling of this brotherhood idea, this rallying around each other with a guy like Timmy, yeah. who people... People remember him playing at UH, you know, growing up here, playing at St. Louis. They, they know him. And so I just think that he's built kind of what you hoped he would do. He's built this thing, and he's gotten people into it. He's gotten kids to really kind of want to buy into staying home. And, and I think it's it's working out because, I mean, this is this is about as good of a haul of, of uh, high school kids from Hawaii that I can remember them getting in one class. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, these kids are smart, man. And yeah. they, they, they have – they are now confronted by so many – sales pitches, right, from all different corners of the country uh, that I think they can sense, or after a while, I'm sure, they develop that sense of being able to understand, like, who's genuine, who's for real, you know, the messaging behind some of these uh, recruiting pitches, like, you know, just how uh, legitimate is it, right? And I think that is working in the favor right now of Timmy Chang with some of these local recruits, and certainly some of the recruits with the ties to Vegas via Chris Brown and some of these other guys in the program. Um, but I think it's because Timmy's story himself is real. Like, he did this. He was the guy who was, I've mentioned it on the show before, he was the guy who was one of the top-rated quarterback recruits in the country and had opportunities to play at Power 5 programs, and he decided to stay home after June Jones was able to, to author that incredible turnaround season in 1999, and he helped to lead this parade of local recruits that decided to sign and commit to the University of Hawaii. And, and so he has that in his back pocket. Like, guys, I was that guy. I had the opportunities to go elsewhere, and I wanted to stay home for all of these reasons, for these same reasons that we are trying to share with you. And he's, and, and even, um, you know, from the standpoint of, hey, look, I had my pro opportunity. I had my shot to play professional football, and I was able to do that even through the fact that I played uh, with the, the University of Hawaii uh, on my jersey. And, and I think that that selling point with a coaching staff that I believe to be as interlocked with one another in terms of their commitment and dedication to this place, I honestly believe that local recruits in particular, they sense that. They sense when the pitch is legit. They sense when the coach and the coaching staff as a whole are committed to the same thing. They can tell, man. And I think that that seems to translate with this coaching staff right now because that hasn't always been the case. Right. Uh, you've had head coaches that, that you know certainly have been dedicated to this place, and you've had others that maybe didn't necessarily show that same level of commitment. You've had uh, coaching staffs that were a little bit more fragile 
fractured, uh, you could say, in terms of that overall, you know, we're all, you know, all for one, one for all type of buy-in. And I think you kind of get that with these guys, at least in this current iteration. Yeah, and I think also, too, the fact that they're reaching out to pretty much every single kid. I mean, I remember some staffs in the past where you're just like, I'm, I'm out there covering high school games, and I'm thinking, how, how, how is the local team not, how is the hometown team not offering this kid or not offering that kid? And they've done a good job of identifying X amount of players each class and going after all of them. I think all the kids kind of feel that, too, and, you know, the, the good players they played with, all of them have been offered by Hawaii, and it's just this whole, yeah. I think it's just this togetherness and this cohesion and just, like, the the the, the real kind of ohana behind it like it's true it's genuine what they're building and i think you're right I, you make a great point that these kids these days they're smart man they grew up with social media they 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 have been through all these different things that maybe kids 10 15 years didn't experience until they got to, to the high school college levels and so yeah i think you can't i don't think you can fake it with these kids and i think that you you, you hear what timmy says you hear the way they talk to these kids and i think yeah i think you're totally right they really believe in what Timmy is selling, and you're seeing the results of it. Yeah, and that's staff-wide. I mean, you're talking about even some of the, the you know, non-coaches on the staff, you know, all the way to the Savannah Ryer, who is now the recruiting coordinator, and the visits that she puts together for some of these uh, would-be recruits. And, and, you know, it's just everyone kind of has to have a hand in this, and, and I think that, that uh, there is some solidarity there that seems to come through. 808-296-1420 is the number to call. You can also text in via the Zephyr Insurance text line at those digits. I got Billy Hull in the house. Uh, this is Let's Talk Sports. Uh, we'll continue this convo on the other side of this timeout. Real quick, though, Domino's Hawaii is a supporter of Let's Talk Sports. If you order online or via the app, you can get as much as 20% off on your order. So uh, check it out. Domino's Pizza of Hawaii. We deliver. Aloha. More Let's Talk Sports after this. Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Got Billy Hull of the Honolulu Star Advertiser, who is in the house as my special guest co-host for the day. 808-296-1420, the number to call. You can also text in via the Zephyr Insurance text line at that number. And we do have a caller on the line looking to get in. A comment on recruiting. Nick is on the line. What's up, Nick? How's it going? I think it's Dick, D-I-C-K. Oh, Dick. I apologize. Sorry, we had Nick in front of us. Um, all right. Well, what's up, Dick? Yeah, it used to be Redskin Dick, but now I'm Commander Dick. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Hey, hey thank you for taking up. You know, busting into this Iolani connection is an honor for me. <laughs> but, the honor is but, ours, Commander Dick. Yeah, but anyway, I, I wanted to comment. I think you guys touched on it, but to me, I think the recruiting is improved because, you know, playing in front of your friends and family is a big deal. And like you said, Timmy can talk. To that, I mean, I, I was a you know, college football player. When I like to think I played hard every time, but when my family was in that stadium, I know I tried harder. And I think it's a big deal to be able to say, "Hey, my friends and family can come to the game." And the other thing I would say is, when you play for Hawaii, you're playing for the whole state, not just the University of Northern Carolina or North Carolina or Northern Colorado. You're playing for the whole state, so. Big deal, and what, the good point you guys made is Timmy Chang can talk right to that. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's a big deal for me. No, I think that's and a really good – I'm sorry to cut you off, Dick. I, I think that's a, a really good point there, and I think the other thing is sort of like the secondary layer to that is um, knowing that even when you do have recruits that, that decide, you know, I'm going to – 
test the waters somewhere else. I'm going to go to the continent. And I'm going to try to play uh, away from home, so to speak, uh, is keeping that door open and letting those recruits or those, those players, even if they decide to go elsewhere initially, uh, letting them know that if you change your mind, knowing the importance of what you're describing in terms of how players tend to miss playing in front of family and friends or a lot of uh, Hawaii kids that go away tend to get a little homesick knowing that that can can certainly be part of the equation uh, letting them know when you come back we will have open arms and if we have a, a scholarship open for you we will make sure that we make something work for you so I think that's a really uh, a well-versed point there Dick amen and, and many of them I have a 30-year season ticket holder many of them have come back that's a right a lot of them do yeah, hey, great. Hey, again, Kano, I, I think, you know, I only had you in bad boy study. I hate to talk about that on the radio, but <laughs> <laughs> Billy was a good student. <laughs> ah, I appreciate you saying that. I uh, The check's in the mail. Okay. okay. Talk to you all later. All right, have a good one. Yeah, bad boy study hall, but mine was, uh, it was behavioral. It was like, you know, stuff that happened outside of the classroom. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't, yeah. I didn't, you know. I, don't I got busted for playing cards, there. you know that? <laughs> playing trumps, just playing trumps. I got busted really? for that, yeah. Well, because you guys were gambling on it, right? No, no gambling at all, come oh, on. Sorry, no, sorry. No, no, just a fun little trump. Oh, game. sorry, sorry. I, I yeah. thought those were the early seeds to some of the uh, adult <laughs> vices of uh, one Billy Hall. Uh, no, I think that that's a, an interesting point. Did you have anything sort of to add to what uh, Dick had mentioned. No, I think I think the the important point that you made there was this: um, um, keeping your arms open. Because I think in the past uh, there were certain um, situations where if you chose the mainland schools over Hawaii, we weren't interested. That was it. We're done. Yeah, you burned over. this bridge. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and time and time again, you see it all the time. I see it in the Hawaii grown stories I do. That it's hard. It's hard leaving the islands and going to the mainland and playing sports, no matter what sport you're playing in. And a lot of these kids do. Like it's just you know what I'm not really ready to make that jump yet i want to come home and i i think the idea of not burning the bridges just because you got spurned the first time when a, by a high school senior and and putting yourself in position to welcome all these kids back because you see it time and time again with kids coming home changing to changing their minds whatever that um they feel comfortable coming back and i think that's part of what has allowed to me to kind of build what we're seeing and build right now and that's across the board in all sports yes. i mean look how often it happens in baseball for crying out right. loud um I, I think that that's just a general to me that's common sense but that hasn't always been the application like the, you've had as you mentioned coaches in the past that they didn't really think that way it was like hey look we're gonna go out of our way to recruit you and we're gonna make you this offer and if you turn it down well all right you've chosen your path uh, good luck to you and uh, this door is now shut and to me that is unconscionable uh, as far as a philosophy to have that just makes absolutely no sense yeah and don't think that word doesn't get around when that's the situation you know and, and kids kind of hear about it as they come up so yeah I think that that that's totally kind of a big deal but um yeah I I think just not to belabor the point but you got to be really impressed with with this month specifically the guys that are getting committed the the excitement around the program I think the one other thing he had to do is for so long it was kind of like oh I'm just waiting for that one mainland power five school that's all I want that's all I'm going for Timmy kind of had to make going to UH kind of cool again to get rid of that initial mindset of like, oh, I'm just trying to score that Power 5 offer and kind of make Hawaii the cool school that, hey, I don't mind staying home if I get an offer from them, and I think he's doing that, and you're starting to see it pay off. Yeah, no, really good stuff, and appreciate the call. Again, 808-296-1420 is the number. All right, we kind of uh, branch out to a little bit more uh, NFL talk. We had Marcus Mariota uh, on with us in the first segment of the show. That was a lot of fun. We found out that he swears a lot, and they had to edit a lot of that out of the upcoming Netflix. 
Netflix docuseries. Still can't believe just it. Just mind-blowing. I still just can't believe breaking it. news. You know, people don't call this a news show, but that was some breaking <laughs> news right there that we shared with everybody. Uh, but in some other news, you have the Jets being uh, the team that, at least according to reports, uh, is right now in the crosshairs of uh, possibly being the featured squad uh, for the upcoming series on HBO Hard Knocks, which is a more perennial um vehicle for for the NFL. Um, There has been a little bit of pushback from the Jets side, apparently, according to reports, but uh, obviously Aaron Rodgers there. Uh, Now there's talk that maybe the Jets are uh, being encouraged to to take a look at going after Dalvin Cook, who is still a free agent, as as mind-blowing as that is. Um, First off, uh, Jets hard knocks. Um, you, You in for that? Ah, man, I'm see, I'm not really an Aaron Rodgers guy, but not surprising at all that, that I'm sure Aaron Rodgers would love to do hard knocks because who loves Aaron Rodgers more than Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean... Oh, I, no, but he always pretends like he doesn't like being on TV, yeah, even though yeah. he loves being on TV. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah, I mean, sort of, kind of, hard knocks. I loved the Lions one last year. Um, you, you probably obviously loved that one. There might be some other teams I'd go with, but yeah, the Jets, they're fine. It's hard knocks. I mean, whatever team you get, it's going to be okay. They do a good job with that. Yeah, this is the one thing about hard knocks, too, is when you watch it, no matter what the team is, like it could be you know, the worst team in the league, and you watch hard knocks, you're like, these guys are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> like These guys are amazing, but yeah, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is a weird dude. I mean, like, is there any other quarterback, um, and and particularly, is there any other um, uh, like quarterback of color that could get away with Aaron Rodgers being uh, one of the keynote speakers at a psychedelics uh, symposium and just be able to kind of go about his business? Like, yeah, yeah, no, we're talking about doing ayahuasca and all that kind of stuff. Like, could there be any other quarterback <laughs> that could get away with something like that? Uh, I sure don't think so. I don't think so at all. Man, I'm, I'm you know what? I'm not, I'm not interested in this. I'm not interested in Aaron Rodgers. I didn't, I'd gone like a whole month without hearing an Aaron Rodgers headline, which is like crazy. But uh, now that we're talking about it, yeah, I'm out. I'm you're out? out you're yeah, out? I'm you're out. out? Okay. I'm out. All right. You're out for hard knocks. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, because it sounds like the Jets don't really want to be in. Uh, there, there seems to be a lot of pushback now. Uh, for for teams, feels like it d- detracts from their focus in training camp and that kind of stuff. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, what about this Dalvin Cook stuff, though? Um, because I think that's now where we're at uh, in pro football, like the evolution of you know the, the economy of professional football, particularly in the NFL, where, you know, if you're good enough, uh, it is in essence a meritocracy. And while the the contracts aren't fully guaranteed, at least for, you know, the vast, 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 vast majority of the players, um, if you play well enough, you're going to get the big payday. You're going to get your bag. The running back position, though, has become the one that has fallen through the cracks, so to speak, where you could have guys like Saquon Barkley, uh, who is trying to figure out what his future is going to be, contractually speaking, with the Giants, even though he was such a huge part of their step forward last season. Dalvin Cook, who is still one of the best running backs in the league, doesn't have a job at the moment. Like, that is crazy, crazy stuff. What has happened there? Because it just seems like the running back position is the one that you could argue endures the most punishment, right? Because these are guys that are just ramming into these huge defensive players on every single play at top speed. Uh, And so, yeah, their bodies tend to break down a little bit earlier. Now you have running back by committee approaches, which is becoming more and more pervasive in the league. And so the running back position, which used to be uh, one of the most prestigious and highest paying positions, it's now one where you don't get that 
literal payoff uh, after five or six years uh, in the NFL. And and what do you do about that? Yeah, well, if anyone plays fantasy football, they know exactly what you're talking about because you, you know, you look at the way you do fantasy now. It's like taking a running back. Before it was like the first round was all running backs. You, you want a good running back on your team, but now you kind of take receivers and stuff because you just it's so hard to hit on a running back that stays healthy through an entire NFL season. I mean, I think the part of it is just the, the guys today are just so big and so fast and so strong that that these these running backs it's really hard to hold up for an entire season, and that's why you see teams now, you know, having two three running backs being really deep maybe not going for that you know top tier guy but just have a stealthy slew of backs that just stay healthy because yeah they just they just can't stay up for a whole season and i remember growing up like every single person i know that played football you wanted to be the running back you wanted the ball in your hands now you know not so much if you're looking at a career if you're looking at trying to get paid you know some of these other positions are, are kind of safer bets so it's definitely an interesting time but yeah if you play fantasy football you know what we're talking about because trying to get a running back that plays all 16 17 games for you in a fantasy football season is it's tough to tough to hit on those these days and, and how do you change that right i mean because it, money is the driver here and if teams have decided hey look over the course of all these years and the data that we have inputted uh into into you know our system is as far as how we evaluate this stuff why are we going to pay this running back uh, after his first handful of years in the league when we know that it's going to become a bit of a game of diminishing returns not long after that right and and so it's like it, it it almost comes across as it's kind of unfair to the running back position because these guys aren't paid uh, because of some of the restrictions now for rookie salaries and, and contracts. They're not paid a whole bunch of money on the front end, uh, but they're also then not given a full-blown opportunity to make some of the big, big money on the back end. And there's something wrong with that, but how can you possibly even fix it? Yeah, I don't know if you can, and, and that's a good point now. I mean, now teams are saying that you just don't draft running backs. I think there are teams that have said they, they won't draft a running back in the first round. They, they you know Other positions are more valuable. So you're right, you don't get that big rookie contract, and then when it's time to re-up, they've moved on to the next guy, you know what I mean? So I'm not sure if it's something you can fix. I mean, obviously the game has changed a little bit too where teams throw the ball so much more than they run the ball. So you also, you know, factor in that that just, you know, why why pay our running back money if we're, we just like to throw the ball around? Now let me pay that number two receiver instead. So yeah, the game is the game is definitely changing and, and, and it's a little bit of a hard, hard sell for running backs right now because like Dalvin Cook not having a team, like what's going on? Yeah. He's good, man. <laughs> He's, He's good. So good. He's good. Like what are we doing? What the heck is going on with this thing? And it was like Saquon Barkley you mentioned. I thought he was like just like the next Reggie Bush coming out of college. Like I, at Penn State, he was like the most amazing running back. And one injury here, he misses a season, and he just kind of hasn't lived up. So even like if people are saying that Saquon Barkley wasn't worth that top that top two pick or whatever, um, that's just crazy to me. It's yeah, just crazy I know. that weird. people think that. Weird time. We, the, this game has evolved into a pretty weird space here at the moment, as uh, some of the other uh, major sports have uh, as well. All right, uh, when we come back, we're going to get into our best and worst billy holes in the house let's talk sports concludes after this all right welcome back let's talk sports been a fun one marcus mariota starting things off so we uh jumped right in 
uh, with some really, really good chatter with him. That was a lot of fun. We appreciated making the time. Got Billy Hull of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. So it's always a good time when Billy is in the house. Uh, it's time for our best and worst. We're in the home stretch here. So uh, you want me to start with the best? You, I'll, I'll get, I'll yeah, get go going. I'll get going. Because my best is we talked a little bit about uh, the, uh, speaking of Marcus Mariota, the Motivate Foundation Golf Tournament yesterday. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And what my best is, is the format. So scramble tournament. And of course, there's this thing in these kinds of scramble uh, golf tournaments known as sandbagging. And that's basically when players completely lie about their handicaps and, you know, even on the scorecard, maybe make a few, uh, you know, kind of uh, bold, creative decisions. Uh, and so the tournament format, as far as the how the prizes were presented, um, it really minimizes the ability to, to, to uh, benefit from sandbagging. So uh, it's the Motivate Foundation, uh, eight, the number that Marcus has, has traditionally worn on his jersey. Uh, and so eighth place wins the grand prize. A lot of tournaments do that, and that's pretty cool. Uh, but when it comes to, like, lowest score, because the lowest net score was, like, 48. It was something that was absolutely <laughs> crazy and possibly ridiculous. But um, um, what they do is instead of, of you know, honoring the teams that finished one, two, three, four in score. Marcus just selected four teams uh, and their scorecards out of a box. And then those teams, it was more like a, a raffle, if you will, would go up and grab their prizes. So uh, that was my best. And uh, honorary mention to Ikaiko Woolsey, former University of Hawaii quarterback. Uh, he was in the group in front of us, and he hits bombs! <laughs> he was just hitting bombs off the tee box. I like that format. I might actually have a chance to win something <laughs> yeah, finally. That's right. I just picked a random. That's, that's right. great. What is your best? All right, my best might be a little controversial. Controversial, but uh, Ryan Seacrest has been named to replace Pat Sajak uh, as the Wheel of, uh, Wheel of Fortune host. That's crazy. And I'm down for it. And you know what? I'm a Ryan Seacrest fan because Whoa. I got to admit, one day I happened to be downstairs and the TV was on and it was his last episode of like live with uh, Kelly Ripa and him, yeah. that show he did. And so it was like his goodbye show and I started watching it and I started getting sad because it was like his last show and they were doing all these like look back things at him and I was just getting really like weirdly emotional about him leaving a show I'd never watched. And I was just like, I got done watching. I was like, I like Ryan Seacrest. So I'm, I'm here for this. This is, this was one of the weirdest <laughs> stories I've ever heard you tell. Like I know. I got weirdly emotional watching <laughs> Ryan Seacrest last uh, morning talk show uh, thing a few months ago. It was the strangest thing. But I like Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, he's, he's just a big big timer, man. Is he still going to do American Idol or whatever? Or I, I, I can't keep track of Does he still do American I don't think he does. I know. Is American Idol? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, in... Um, wow, we're, we're cool. If we we're really hip. Well, in honor of Ryan Seacrest, uh, we will be doing our worst Right after this. No, just kidding. What's, <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get to my worst. My worst is uh, Dennis Rodman. He was on a podcast recently, and uh, his quote was, if Larry Bird played in this era, I think he'd be in Europe, basically saying that Larry was, like, too slow and, oh, and all that stuff. I was like, yeah, okay, so, like, a 6'9 yeah. guy who could stick threes uh, would not be able to find a job in the NBA. Uh, by the way, oh, you think he's too slow? Have you seen Luca? Like, what are you doing, Dennis? <laughs> yeah. If anything, maybe Dennis Rodman would have a tougher time being in the NBA. In this era, I think he might. I mean, you got to be able to shoot it, don't you? Dennis yeah. Rodman, not a good shooter. That's right. All right. Yeah. Uh, what's your worst? All right, my worst besides that best segment I just did. <laughs> that um, was interesting. <laughs> Toronto. Let's put it that way. Alec Manoa. Alec Manoa of the Blue Jays. This guy was an All Star last year. He was amazing. This year, he was like one in six with a six point three six ERA. So they sent him down to the minor leagues. So in his first game in the minor leagues, he gives up eleven runs in two and two third <sighs> innings to a rookie level Florida Compacts League opponent. Um, 
unbelievable how this guy's just fallen off. He was the guy, he was mic'd up, and he was talking during the All-Star game last year, and it was awesome. And now he can't even get guys out in the rookie league. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah, that is pretty wild. And then on the other end of the spectrum, how incredible is Shohei Otani? Like, I've been going oh. through these, like, stats. Like, people are starting to just, like, throw these stats out there all over social media. You know, he leads the league in home runs and RBIs. And then if you look at, like, his strikeout numbers and his whip combined with ERA, like, it's representative of, like, um, Randy Johnson's... 24 win season so he's like the peak A-Rod on offense at A-Rod's height and peak Randy Johnson at his height unreal yeah he's good Shohei Shohei All right, that's it for us thanks Marcus thanks Billy see you tomorrow everybody